0: You're listening to the Black Eagles Podcast with Sinan Schwarting and Kan Bayazit.
1: <clears throat> Hello, Black Eagles Podcast listeners. Apologies uh, coming from post-production here. Uh, we made the executive decision to drop the beeps today. A certain co-host, of mine who i won't name publicly uh spoke very uh passionately this episode with a lot of fervor you could say and as such uh, i decided to let it go so if you have kids maybe put some headphones on uh, if you're offended by foul language my apologies or our apologies perhaps this episode is not for you Uh, But without further ado, let the show begin. Everybody, episode 83 of Besiktas International, the Black Eagles podcast. Once again, illustrious hosts and co-hosts abound. I am Sinan Schwarting, live from New York City, as always. With me, again, is Kan Bayazit, coming in from Belgium. And Kartal Or from Scotland is with us. Another trifecta. The trifecta is here. How are you guys doing?
2: I'm doing good, man. It's an absolute honor to be on the podcast yet again.
1: Yeah, it's great to have you, Tarko. Uh The aptly named twin. I gotta say, as far as names go, your name fits the podcast. But, uh, no, I hope I hope your brother's <laughs> Babe, doing well. His dad,
0: if his dad has his way, uh, Uzjan would be called Bishiklesh, so.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. That would have been awesome.
0: Uh, and Khan, yeah. how are you doing uh, I had a shit day man uh, uh, okay. I really, yeah I really had a I had a bad day for multiple reasons one of the main reasons is uh, the transfer we announced today that just doesn't sit well with me uh, but we'll get into that later yeah so, we yeah. have
1: a big episode today and I imagine it's gonna strike some nice conversation I got these guys uh, late night on European time, so uh, hopefully I can keep them awake with... Uh, I have a feeling the debate will probably do the trick. Uh, but anyway, before we even do that, we of course have to talk a little bit a bit about a match that was played. We, we have to review our first match of the season. Uh, and I sort of sigh heavily as I recall having to do that because uh, we probably all know the result by now. Besiktas was on the road against Sivas for. Uh, I guess let me quickly just talk about the lineup, um, the, the 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 match itself, all of that, and then we can start talking about exactly what happened. Um, so yeah, as I said, Besiktas was on the road uh, in Sivas, which can be daunting. To be fair, would you guys agree?
0: Yeah,
2: of course, yes. Yeah. Yes, uh, one of the harder places to go in this standing.
0: Yeah, definitely uh, uh, one of the more difficult matches.
1: That one year when Sivas almost, remember they made a run for the title? I feel like they really uh, garnered a big following then. It's been pretty serious ever since. Uh, although maybe it yeah, is they the have case. they
0: have a decent crowd. I mean, like 10, I think they have like a 10k on average or something. So it's it's relatively decent for a, a non-traditional uh, $100 club.
1: $100, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, um, I mean there, it's not like are a big club in history. Yeah, so. they're not
1: like a Trabzon or an Estichet or... But anyway, um, quickly, I'll just breeze through the lineup. Uh, Utku, who's starting in the goal. Uh, I, I, we'll have to talk about the lineup before we even get into the game, because this itself is probably worthy of discussion. Uh, the back line consisted of uh, a debut from Ruiz, Victor Ruiz, uh, and Domingo Vida alongside him. Gokhan Gonul was on the right side, Janet on the left. Gary Medel started as a sort of a lone defensive midfielder, unless you consider Dorokan Tokus uh, a defensive midfielder. I think he was slided in as more of a central midfielder in this match with Adem Ljajic in the number 10 role. Uh, Ricardo Quaresma started on the left side. Tyler Boyd, another debut on the right side. And Guven Yalcin started up front. Uh, as far as Sivas goes, um, Emre Kilinc is a, is a sort of notable player. Yata Bade up front was pretty solid for them. Uh, of course, Samasa, their goalkeeper, would become a talking point. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Khan. I'm gonna talk. I want. I want to hear your take on that lineup. While while we have your vitriol and your your uh, resentment going here uh, from a bad day, <laughs> tell me a little bit about how you, how what you thought of this lineup going into the match. Uh,
0: as soon as I saw the lineup, I knew we were not gonna win that match. Yeah. That's basically yeah. I just that took all my expectations. Like I I still still looking kind. Of, I know you know we we're lacking a lot of. Key components for that match. I wasn't very hopeful with uh, with our goalkeeper situation because I was expecting Utku to start. Even though I think Ersin should have started because he's a better goalkeeper.
1: Yeah, he really shown in our last friendly.
0: Yeah, and and not just that. I mean, Ersin's been showing that for the under 19 uh, national team too and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, as soon as I saw the lineup, I I just kind of. My my confidence sank into my shoes, so to speak. Uh, I really expected Pedro Rebocho to start uh, ahead of Janer, and uh, I, I it did. Uh, Gökhan wasn't a big surprise to me because both Gökhan and Douglas kind of missed some, missed basically all the the, the friendlies. But I yeah. I, I was kind of figuring that he'd start with Douglas because because uh, Gökhan had surgery, so. I know it was just on his hand or on his arm or whatever, but still it takes you out a little bit. I mean, you're being put under uh, narcotics or whatever and shit. So it kind yeah, of, that does something to the traumatic. human body. Um, so that was disappointing uh, that Rebocho that didn't start. Gokhan uh, Gondol, okay, I, I get that uh, to an extent. Then,
1: And I think Douglas is, of, of all of the incoming transfers this summer, Douglas is probably the most... Um, like we're phasing him in, right? I think Gokan Gunal is probably the most solid guy that we're replacing. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think if
0: if, if Gökhan would have been fit and, and ready to go, I would not have questioned that decision. But given that he just came off a surgery, I, I I would have gone with Douglas. But it's that decision didn't really make it that make my eye my 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 broth, my my eyebrow for. for frown or your
1: frown. Furrow. Uh, furrow furrow yeah, yeah.
0: Furrow, your but brown. medel starting that was something that puzzled me uh again a guy that missed basically the entire training camp played i don't know 29 or 30 minutes in the, in the first friendly got injured and and missed the rest of the training camp put add to that that light and dogham both missed the full training camp and didn't play a single friendly match to me that that had massive alarm bells going off that your 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 tree mid, your basically your entire midfield were players that had no match rhythm. Now obviously you're gonna start with Adam Ljajic because he's the star of your team. You, you have to start him because he's, yeah, the, he's the talisman he's the talisman. He's the, the creative brain of your team so you have to start him even if he's you know you just drop him in cold turkey. But Medel, I did not understand. I think we also one of you know, the second goal we'll talk about it later, but I think you can probably attribute that as well to him not being a hundred percent match fit. Uh, Dorokan, uh, starting him, I, I kind of get it, but I would have started someone else instead of Medell. Um, and then sure, uh,
1: what about finally, uh, up front, Khan? I, I have a feeling. You may not have been particularly happy about Guven being the uh, uh,
0: Well the, the first call. You there. know, uh, that's the question of if you only have you have to work with what's available to you and the only choices he had was Guven Yalchin of Umut Nair. Well, I thought Umut played a decent match against Panathinaikos. I think Umut fits the type of game that Avchi wants to play for. Yeah, so for me, yeah,
1: I remember you saying this in the group chat. I'm trying to serve. The, I wanted you to say that, right? Because you'd said that he, yeah, as far as like his profile, yeah, look, he look really fits the the model for Avenged Forward. Yeah, right? look, right. look what
0: Yeah, exactly. When we were battling Bishakshir for the title, basically their main striker during the first half of the season was Mehmet Batal, and he did okay for them, you know, and he's a very limited player. I think Umut Nair is a less limited player. I'm not saying that Umut Nair is is, is a Besiktas-level first-team striker. I've always said I think he's the perfect third-choice striker. Reason being is Mm -hmm. he's already in his prime. He's not... You're not wasting a talent on the bench anymore. He's at a good age, 26, 27. That's the perfect age yeah. for uh, a guy who's never really going to attain the level of first striker, but can be useful for you. Yeah. And i rather see that type of profile of a player on the bench all the time than I see a 20-year-old Guven who potentially one day might be Besiktas' first striker. Now, do I see that in him? That's another question. But obviously, given at 20 years old, if you send him out on loan for one or two years, he plays 30 plus games in each of the seasons and he performs well, he could develop into a really quality player. I think yeah. Guven Yelchi needs to be sent out on loan. There's talk of us getting a new striker. If that happens, I think you keep Umut Nair on the bench and I think you send Guven out on loan so he can get playing time. Because contrary to me being very critical of Guven, that does not mean I do not believe he could be a really useful player in a couple of years down the road. Sure, he yeah. clearly he's
1: still nineteen. Yeah, so he
0: yeah. clearly has talent. I think he's twenty, but that you know that doesn't matter. Nineteen, twenty, whatever. But yeah. he's clearly very talented. A, a, a striker naturally comes into his prime around 26, 27, 28. That's the, those prime years where you exactly expect them to peak. So he's still way off from that. If he can go to, for example, a Siva sport or a Konya sport or whatever, and he can play week in, week out, and he does that for one or two seasons like Cenk did at Gaziantepspor, sport, Kuvanyacin could be a real quality player down the road. Now, I think if he sticks with Besiktas for this season and maybe next season, then you're wasting him because he's never going to be playing week in, week out because he's not yet good enough for that. And if I have the off chance that Guven's listening to this, I'm sorry, Guven, you're not good enough <laughs> yet, but you might be one day because you're clearly talented. So exactly. that's the type of player you want to loan out. So if Besiktas come in with a new transfer still, if Besiktas come in with a new striker, I think you send Guven out. I think Umut should have started in this match because he fits that profile more of the, of the, the, the target man that Abdullah likes to play with. If it were up to me, I would have put Laich up on the left. I would have put um, Boyd on the right, Umut on the top, and my midfield would have been Mohair, Dorokhan, and Ozhan Because Ozhan has been Avchi's number six for the entire training camp. Why suddenly... So wait, sorry,
1: who would you say on the left?
0: Laich. Instead of, oh, yeah, instead, on the of left. instead of Quaresma okay. because in yeah. effect playing with Quaresma right now is like playing with 10 men. We saw I'm
1: surprised it. you wouldn't put Lenz out there.
0: Either. Lenz was suspended, so he couldn't play.
1: Oh okay. I didn't I was kind of curious about that. He wasn't even on the bench. Was-
0: suspended from last season's uh, last match where he got a red card in the last minute.
1: Oh god, that's right. Yeah. That's
0: right. Yeah. So that's what I would have gone with. I would have gone with Laich on the left, Tyler Boyd on the right, Umud up top. Mohair in midfield, Oshan in midfield, and Dorokan in midfield. Maybe that's a little bit of a soft midfield, you, you, but look at Ajax. Does Ajax play with Nzonzi? An, an Does Ajax play with Atiba Hutchinson? No, they don't. You don't need that profile of a player if your midfield is good enough with their feet. You don't need it.
1: Yeah, if they can hold the ball reliably and mm. distribute it well. Yeah, and, uh, maybe, Which has been a problem with our Yeah, with and our
0: we've seen like with Muhair like how good he is. He's been alongside uh Muhair and who was our other oh and tyler boyd obviously muhire and tyler yeah, boyd right. are highlights from the from the preseason the summer so yeah, why perfect. why don't you start Muhair he's shown in every single one of those friendly matches he's the only player except for boyd that's shown in every single one of those matches that he's ready so play him just play him what, what's what, what are you what you got to lose with because with this lineup you're not gonna win anyway So you might as well take a little bit of a risk.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, exactly. And especially given the nature of this match where like we were down all these guys um, still kind of sorting out who was coming into the team still and everything, I feel like this was the opportunity, especially given the promising summer where we had all these young guys in the rotation, uh, for Mm -hmm. him to maybe see (laughs) that through. Like, for one match, at least, we could see kind of uh, where Look, they what,
0: were. what was our what was our bright light, our, our our only good point out of coming out of this match? At the end of the day, was Victor Ruiz. Victor Ruiz played a good game. Yeah, well, and that's, that's our only highlight from this match. What if Abdullah Afchi starts with Muhyer and he starts with Kerem Kalafat? And if Douglas isn't ready to play, okay, fine, play with Kerem. He played good in the friendlies. Okay. Play Kerem on the right, Muhair in midfield, and Olsan in midfield instead of Medel. What well, so? Then, and 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 if you lose then at least then you have still well a young two young players got a chance and han got some match rhythm but now now you get nothing now you win nothing yeah,
1: pretty much uh, <laughs> uh, and that's that's what happened uh, so cartel you, we you've been quiet in the corner there um i'm gonna turn over sort of match analysis to you cartel to get your voice in here now, but first, is, do you have any comments about the lineup that, that Khan didn't hit up already? Or do you feel differently about anything?
2: Maybe there's one thing I disagree with uh, with what Khan said, and that was uh, that I don't think uh, I think he should be playing on the left wing, because I think whenever they played there last year, he kind of got lost. I think his best year was in the middle.
0: It's because so we played what? a different doing. system last season.
2: Yeah, but I, I would have went. I would have went from midfield with uh, the uh, Dorukan, Mujayer, and uh, Adam Niyech.
1: And so, who would you have on that left yeah, playing Quaresma? was that the right call?
2: I I'd actually no, I wouldn't play. I would play Quaresma. Actually, see before. Obviously, we signed uh, in now. But I'm going to about that later on. But I would have actually played
1: John in the left mid ah. and played the, 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 the right on the left.
2: Side.
0: That's an option.
1: Interesting. Yeah. No. I mean. It'll be now that we actually have a solid left back. We can actually start thinking about Janner as a left midfielder again sometimes. Which at least we don't have to worry about the, the sort of drain on the defense that he poses for us. But anyway,
0: good points there. But he, he he by the way he called a lot of slack again uh, because he's obviously the go-to skates go. But I didn't really think he played a bad match. Janner, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I have the feel I had the feeling that. I had the feeling Sivas were coming over, over over our right wing all the time rather than our left wing. I found that very curious. Yeah,
1: Gokan Gunil had a pretty I- terrible match. I mean, one thing to be said yeah. is like when Jon had a bad game like in the friendly match, you know, clearly goals were because of him, right? But mm-hmm. this was mm-hmm. definitely not the case. And let's let I me mean, all right, let's get into this. Let's talk about these goals a little bit. And let's talk about who was responsible for them. Uh, you actually sort of summarized it pretty well, Khan, in the group chat but but first let's let's hear from cartel a little bit so basically the game starts 24th minute they get a yellow card for Erdal. in the 30th minute a goal is scored uh yandash what's his first name uh mert, Hakan, mert, Hakan, yeah. mert, Hakan. mert Hakan. um cartel tell me about that goal so it's Erdal, who had just received the yellow card assisted it um who what do you think about the goal who's responsible for it what happened
2: so what um, happens, uh Gurkhan goes out to the ball. And Quarezman's the Markley's man also goes to the ball. and the ball comes in and it just gives uh the an easy run onto the ball and an easy finish and we'll both out there one nil down. Yeah. Yeah, I think
1: Yeah. And that I'm was the one thing we, we there was the one thing well we couldn't
0: well. do in this match that was go a goal behind. That's the one thing we we had one job and that was keep the zero. That was the most important thing in this match. And then a 30, almost a 36-year-old Euro, 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 uh, Euro winner, Champions League winner, multiple title winner, can't cover his fucking man. That's just, he had one job. Track back and cover your man. But like a headless fucking chicken, he runs to the exact same man that Gugan is running to. And kid yourself not, that is Quaresma's fault because Quaresma left their left back unmarked, which is his man. As at that point, he was the right winger because he had switched wings with Tyler Boyd. So he is 101% to blame for this goal. It's hard to disagree. I
1: mean, Especially, I love when a guy demands that he, I'm on this side. This is my side. You go over there, and then like gives up a goal by doing so. Like, that's especially fun. Uh, he was doing that a lot, like sort of forcing Tyler Boyd to swap the other side. And Tyler Boyd, I mean, I guess we can sort of fast forward a little bit. Like at the end of the first half, Tyler Boyd collided with Sivas's keeper Samasa. It was uh, really right when the half had ended pretty much Uh, but it carried on through and like there's like 10 minutes into extra time when they finally restarted uh, the game and then it went five minutes further so it was a pretty long first half but anyway Tyler Boyd smashed into the keeper a play we'll probably have to talk about a bunch in and of itself but from there on out he was sort of dizzied, maybe concussed probably concussed (laughs) Uh, probably shouldn't have carried on um
0: no, he should have been taken off. He, I think exactly. he was concussed for sure. Maybe not a heavy concussion, but pretty clearly he was concussed because he was not the same player in the second half when we came back out.
1: Well, and so my point being that it's especially annoying that Quaresma was forcing him to sort of swap sides constantly, given the fact that he already looked kind of disoriented and out of
0: it. I, I don't know if that was forced. I mean, I think that's part of the tactic. I mean, we used to do that with Sinan Gudesh all the time too, like the, the wings would swap. I don't think that's necessarily Quaresma's decision. I mean, okay. obviously, he's the more experienced player, so maybe he he picked the times in the match when they did it. But I I I think that's part of the tactic. I don't think that's something Quaresma decides on his own. So like, I don't okay. want to you don't want to overdo it as the, the as the as is, the right? evil overlord here.
1: Well, yeah, and it was just one goal ultimately, right? And so giving up a goal to Sivas should not be the end of the world. You can you can theoretically score and get back into this match. But, of course, this did not happen. Um, so, as I said, the, the half ended still 1-0 uh, to see us with that kind of dramatic injury at the end of the half. I, I mean, before – actually, before I move on, do you guys want to say a few words about that? Khan, I know you have an opinion on, uh, on the collision and what yeah, and how I think it was the referee a is a piece of shit. There you go. Fucking
0: asshole gave Tyler Boyd a yellow card there. He's a fucking asshole. Fucking piece of shit. Should never be allowed to referee a match again. (laughs) Fuck that. How the fuck is that a fucking yellow card? Fucking asshole.
1: Explain why you feel that way,
0: Khan. Tyler Boyd goes up. Yes, his foot is a little bit high, but he's clearly controlling the ball. Gets the ball first, clearly. Uh Um, His studs are not aimed at his opponent or anything. The... The resulting injury is because that idiot of a goalkeeper smashes his head into Boyd's face like a fucking, what's it called, Uh, a freight train. Just, (laughs) bam, smashes it in there. Now, obviously, if you're not looking and you're only looking at the ball, you share part of the responsibility. Fine. It's fine. So I'm not saying penalty. It's not what I'm saying. But the goalkeeper is running straight at Boyd. Yeah, and he's the one who can he see no- the whole thing. He knows Boyd is there. Yeah. He also can see that Tyler Boyd has got his head turned and is looking up at the ball in the, in the air. And he still comes in like a fucking moron and smashes his fucking head <laughs> into Boyd's face like a piece of idiotic... I don't know. I'm very happy that he's not hurt. Permanently. I'm happy he's okay. But that was,
1: it was stupid. at, it was le- really at dumb. least
0: at at the very least 50-50. That was not just Tyler Boyd there. To give Boyd a yellow card there is bullshit. Yeah. If and you're it's giving- pretty
1: much just the, you know it was because the guy was hurt, you know? Like oh, they obviously of course, played yeah. in the crowd. Of <laughs>
0: Yeah, Man, was Boyd was true. still down for two minutes or something. He couldn't even get his... Uh, one, uh, yeah, well, his and appear. we were
1: saying he was clearly effective for the rest of the match. Re- it
0: reminded me a little bit of uh, of that uh, red card that uh, I think Samudio, was it Samudio, Brian Samudio, got last season against Galtz, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. He, when he, when he Aqbaba, shot... Aqbaba,
0: a- right? And Emre Agbaba, like, like an idiot, puts his foot in between the ball and the uh, shot and, and gets his leg snapped... Yeah. and 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 samudio gets a red card for that while it's 100% Agbaba's own fault
1: clearly yeah no that exactly yeah. no it was it that, was very unfortunate
0: that's the same thing here for me this is not for me the the majority of the blame here goes on the goalkeeper because he sees everything happen and obviously i'm not saying he can't make a play for the ball obviously he has to go for the ball that's his job but he he runs in like 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 a yeah
1: like an idiot like an idiot and i'll tell you there's another aspect to this which is even more i i don't think we talked about it in our group chat enough if at all and i certainly don't think anyone else is talking about it the psychological impact i mean a just the trauma of the like the, the the collision the fear like the guy collapses there's like a fear this guy might be dead like there nobody has mm-hmm. we, we luckily as he's going into the ambulance you can see him kind of move his hand whatever so we're like okay he's probably alive but like i think his tongue may have fallen back into his throat and he was choking on it and like they pulled it out in time luckily but um just the 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 weight of that on Tyler boyd's shoulders knowing like is this guy gonna survive the day you know is, did I kill a guy by accident, you know? Or uh and then I mean yeah, the whole thing is is uh, rather unfortunate. If he would have died, he
0: would have killed himself. Yeah, maybe. No, that's, I mean, that's if he would have died it would have been his own fault. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. just,
2: just did what you guys
0: because
2: Say again. It, definitely, I do yeah. it, it did have an impact in tail but you uh, see. The Tyler Boyd we saw in the same half wasn't the same Tyler Boyd that we saw in the first half?
1: Not at all.
0: And 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 the thing is, you know what? He gets a yellow card because his foot is up. If Tyler yeah. Boyd leaves his foot on the fucking floor, still the same fucking result. Because that idiot would still smash his face into his face. In
1: fact, Tyler Boyd probably yeah. gets injured really badly in that scenario. Because he would have just gotten...
0: Tyler Boyd was lucky that he was looking the other way. Yeah. Because if he was... I mean, obviously, if he wasn't looking the other way, then uh, probably he would have been able to avoid that freight train coming at him.
1: And it should be said, he was hit hard enough that it drew blood, like, on the back of his head from the elbow. So, like... The idea that, I mean, he was definitely concussed. There's, there's so, no way.
0: So, so my question is, referee, why the fuck are you giving this kid a yellow card here? Yeah. Clearly, what, hap- what just went down, the injuries that just occurred, have absolutely nothing to do with a high boot or studs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what the fuck are you doing? But so yeah, is yeah. So that's... zero empathy. And then, and then on top of that, the piece of shit gives Adam Laich a yellow card because Laich is pro- trying to explain it's, to him yeah, what and, fucking oh, just happens. And
1: what's terrible about this is, so yeah, he claps in the air, not to clap at the referee, which everybody knows is a yellow card and would be fairly stupid, but he's clapping to show to sort of yeah. mimic the collision in the yeah, air exactly. to say like, look, he hit like this, and so his hands clap together, and the dumb ref. Cards him. They, I mean it's all Le- the injury,
0: honestly. Like Leitch is explaining to him they bumped heads. Exactly. Why are you giving him a yellow card? It's nothing to do with 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 his bo- yeah, exactly. foot being up. And the fucking idiots gives him a yellow card. Exactly. What a shit And adding adding to that, by the way, the reason I'm also quite pissed. Uh, is because, um, you know, after the 2-0, I kind of mentally zoned out. But my colleagues on Football Turk turka pointed out to me, Bishna should have had two very clear penalties in the second half too, both on Adam Lajic, and the piece of shit doesn't even check it on on VAR. Yeah, I noticed that. They they were both
1: kind of quick actions, you know, in the middle of scrums. And so, I mean... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I noticed di- it, the
0: things. I didn't even, I didn't even think more of it. And then, uh, guy fucking Fenerbahce and Galatasaray found, uh, Yeah, you should have had a penalty. You should have had two penalties. I'm like, okay, well, I didn't really pay much attention to it anyway, since so the match was over to me for me anyway at that point. When when you have Galatasaray and Fener guys, I also think we should have had a penalty in the first half. By the way, you know that position where you know, uh, where, yep. where Janer where Janer Osman Pasha basically. Uh, Tackles Boyd before he can tap in the ball at nil nil. I think that was a fucking penalty. Yeah, yeah, it was a penalty. Yeah, and if you get a penalty there at nil nil, this is a different match. It should be noted.
1: It should be noted that I didn't actually watch uh, any of the other matches this week. That this one was particularly dispiriting for me. But uh, I did just like hear. In passing, that Finer was awarded like four penalties in the first half three. of their match, right. like Thank
0: three in twenty-three minutes.
1: <laughs> and maybe they were just right, but like so were ours. I think it by was. many metrics.
0: I mean, I, I didn't really. T- I'm, 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 I'm on the fence on the first one, but the second and the third one were just. But the thing I take issue with is we have these positions in our matches where I think if VAR properly checks it. They will decide it's a penalty, and I look. For example, the Galtrai match on Friday, they are literally they are they are looking for an excuse. I'm not saying it's not, it was a penalty, but they are really properly screening that and looking for an excuse to to give a penalty like they did last season uh, when Galatri played Risespor, which was not a penalty by the way, and they are looking for minutes just to get that to get that one angle where you can see there's contact and that's their job obviously I I, you know what they did on on Friday for God's right that was that was fine that's how it should be done but then why does that not apply in our matches why does that not happen to our, our positions we had three positions in this match that could have been potential penalties not a single one where where Var decided to go through it with a five to, fine tooth comb, but in in, in match, in Galatasaray's match they do it, and in Fenerbahce's match they do it. Fenerbach is up tr- um, is up two 0 already, and there's this ball that is nobody's even appealing for appealing for a penalty. Fenabachi players aren't appealing for a penalty, and it like grazed the guy's fucking fingertip. Like you cannot even see the ball t- changing direction and they fucking award a penalty. I'm not saying it's not a penalty, but where the fuck is that fine two fucking comb in our matches? In our games,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, uh, yeah, of course. Again, talk about a recurring issue.
0: And that's not that's not just because Burak had a couple of penalties last season where he was clearly faulted. And you know what? He did not complain because he was trying to redeem himself with the fans, and he didn't want to be the old Burak who was constantly shouting for penalties. Yeah, exactly. And apparently, apparently, when you don't complain enough, don't they don't, bo- they don't <laughs> bother to fucking check. Yeah, the only way. So, yeah, yeah.
1: Turkish refs. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's let me get through this match. So, the fifty-fourth minute, uh, Emre Kilic had a beautiful assist on this one, but yeah, drafts it, Yatabare, he puts it away. Carto, uh, tell us about that second goal, who's that one on?
2: It's uh, Gary Medell I think, he's, he's caught in possession uh, in the defensive area and the fair play to Yathabari that uh, he wins the ball and then he takes a, a beautiful kind of, well fight call a finish shot anyway. Uh, yeah. There's a nice passy eh, from the dist- just outside the 18-yard box right in the top corner. There's nothing else uh, can do about it I think I'm afraid. Yeah. It's, it was on he should have done better with that ball, he was from out, out the yeah, uh, the from him at the back.
0: Yeah, that's again another individual mistake leads to a goal, that's on Medell. Obviously, Yatabari does something brilliant with it, so you can't say this is 101% on Medell yeah. because Yatabari still has to, you know, do that magic. Yatabari is uh, one of those
1: yeah. guys who's kind of earning a, a, a profile as a kind of anadolu assassin you know one of those guys who goes around and gets it done you know he's been pretty yeah. solid uh, in, in Turkey. anyway uh medel comes out of the I game i think his
0: stint with konya was not so impressive but hey, he was again, good at moment,
1: you know it, it earned him enough to stay right he's still here mm-hmm. uh anyway that was in the 54th minute in the 62nd minute Gary medel comes out for ozan oziakub in the 62nd minute additionally uh Umut Nair comes into the match for Ricardo Quaresma and they move uh, Guven Yelchin out to the left side. Subs,
0: he should have made it half-time.
1: Yeah, I mean, you and I both have gone on the record as saying that we don't really have Guven Yelchin slided in as a, as a left winger. Cartel, how do you feel about that, generally?
2: I don't know. I, I feel like uh, Guven Yelchin reminds me a lot of a gentleman in a way that I feel like they both got all the talent in the world when it comes to their the, the, the finishing, but they both lack in, in movement. They're both very static.
0: Mm. Yeah, and they don't have the I, physicality I to... to...
2: It's something that James Thompson developed later on. Like, I remember... More anyway, more so. Group... I mean,
1: he's still not yeah. perfect in that regard, but
2: yeah. He yeah. Yeah. definitely developed more, because I remember watching him in that 17-18 group stage. I get it, especially that portal game, J played a phenomenal game I think he improved, but it kind of, Gouvernier also reminds me of that kind of 14, 15, 15 16, 16, 17, Jay Thurston, well, he's, he's a great finisher, he's got great technique when it comes to his, his shot, but in terms of movement and getting into positions, he uh, definitely lacks He's but I feel as if one thing that he doesn't have the jen- J Jenk's very strong and can hold up the ball, Gouvernier also struggles when it comes to holding up the ball as well so, I feel he has to job drawback when it comes down. Yeah. Alongside
1: his. Yeah, and that's something I think you can hope that as he gets a little older, he can kind of, you know, get bigger, get, get hit the gym, you know. That should help him in that regard, hopefully, fill out a little bit. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, so he slid to the left wing, and Umut Nair would finish out the match as our sole striker. Uh, It wouldn't do much. In the 75th minute, Orkan Cinar would come into the match for Dorakan. At that point, we've got three wingers.
0: Yeah, I think then Guven moved into second striker position, I guess.
1: I I assume something like that.
0: It was already too late.
1: And yeah, only a minute later, uh, Emre Kilinch would score uh, a a pretty solid strike on his part. Uh, The assist came from Kofi. Uh, I think he's what? Uh... Ivory Coast, Kofi. And he, okay. Yeah, whatever. Anyway,
0: uh, <laughs> he's one of those. I think guys, Kofi Kingston is from. Uh, <laughs> no, I thought, so.
1: no, I thought. No, I because I he was, one of those sort of like, he came in as a pretty decent prospect to Turkey. I was surprised that he. Anyway, uh, yeah, Emre Killinch's goal, Kartal. What do you think about that one? Who's that one on?
2: I mean, it's, it's a long range strike. It's well hit. It's hard, but when you watch it back, you kind of think, "Oh man, maybe we'll, we'll Oftugulu is a bit better." there. because well, it wasn't quite, it wasn't quite in top corner. He has it's, to have it's, it. it's
0: pretty Angel. It's in the middle of the goal. He has to have it.
2: Yeah, I think that yeah. we're talking about this in our group chat is the issue with Utko there is that it takes it takes a step too far. He's left, so it kind of makes it hard for him to make up that that ground and that distance to get to get to that right side. So, uh, yeah, so,
1: you really get stuck in with that step too, right? Like, it's okay to make that mistake, but then you should, if you can't recover, yeah. then it's not okay. Right? If, that go-
0: if that ball goes a little bit further to the left or a little bit further to the right, and it's more towards the corner, then look, so- only so much a goalkeeper can do. But when a ball is struck relatively in the center of your goal... You have to have it. If you don't, it's on you. And I'm not discrediting Emre's goal. It was a good goal, good strike, like 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 Kartal said, but Utko has to have it. Good goalkeeper has to have that.
1: Yeah, I mean, when I first saw it, 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 I really was like, wow, what a strike. And yeah, like, every kind of replay you saw diminished it a little bit, because it was like, oh, wow, that was... You know, it looked like it could have been gettable. You know, At first, it's a sort of nagging doubt, and then it sort of looks fairly clear by the... By the last replay, but anyway, that would definitely be it. By the 76th minute, we're down three to nil to Sivas-4 on the road. We've got a sort of ragtag squad out there, and that's how the game would end—a uh, loss to start the season,
0: which is fine, um, uh, I think.
1: Yeah, in and of itself, that it, maybe it'll force uh, the uh, fans to are jumping onto the. Well, and the, the the yeah, it's always good to to be spurred to sort of uh, solidify things as early on as possible. I suppose. Uh, I've got a, bit, I've got but, a,
2: bit of a hot um, take regarding this game is that I think in the long run, this 3-0 loss could be more beneficial than say if we won 1-0. because it's it's allowed us to see our, bad, it's yeah. allowed us to see our shortcomings and the positions where we need to make moves. I mean, it's clear as day, It's clear yeah. as day. We need, we need a number six. We need someone to uh, fill the shoes of Atiba. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, and we, we said this in our group it's chat as well. That I seen Andy and you both kind of brought up this point that no one was coming to the defence to come and want the ball from the midfield. Everyone was kind of yeah. standing yeah. about. Yeah, you know I mean, it, it, see, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but see, any kind of dangerous attack we had was it. Luis played a beautiful ball from yep. the back. To somehow find the uh, I and maybe the Leich should play an ICB kind of mm-hmm. gun or something. You know what I mean? Or go, go on a wee dribble, and that's how all, all dangerous attacks. Came. There was very few dangerous attacks, but it was it, it was that it came from
0: Luis. Somehow yeah. finding the Aitch, Someone you know, needs I mean. to get that ball to light and then nobody's doing that. We're skipping that too often. Yeah. We we had that last season a lot too, and uh, the thing is when when Ozan was in his best. You know, At his best, it was him and Atiba, and they would rotate, like, no, then Atiba gets the ball, then Ozzy gets the ball, then Atiba gets the ball, and they'd, like, fill each other's position in midfield, and they would work really well in, like, this symbiosis, so to speak, and you just don't have that right now, now there's just a... a Dorokan, I don't know where the fuck he always goes, like... I don't know. He's never there. I'm not saying it's his job, but uh, you know, I kind of expect that from him since he's not a ten. Since he's not really, you know, if he's not a ten, he's either an eight or he should be either an eight or a six. And if he's an eight, he should be coming to get the ball from time to time, and he just doesn't.
1: Well, so here's the problem. Yeah, the problem with the fact that he kind of disappears on offense is that it's not like he's really solid in the back. You know, because when he makes a good play defensively, it almost seems like he's. Recovering and rushing back and kind of making up for not being positioned well. So, it's, it's you know what I mean? Like, uh, he's somewhere between uh positions, and it, uh, he he hasn't sorted that out yet. I don't
2: uh, think uh, is, is, Kevin Atiba that works well, but when you get him and having him a guy with Medeo, is also not very positionally aware. You know, I mean, the, a great kind of article bear. you know, I mean, he's, he's always going to be there. he's so he's going to stick in a challenge, but his positional awareness isn't there, which is, which is poor for someone that has easy. He's what, he's 32 now, 31, 32.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: He's, he yeah. still doesn't have that kind of positional awareness.
0: Yeah, a- he's a, he's an ankle yeah. biter, like you said. He's he's supposed to yeah. uh, just run run behind, run after the ball, and uh, you know, like a dog runs after the mailman. That's what yeah. he's supposed to do. Uh, that's not something that fits a team like Bishiktej. That's why Gip Medel is very successful at with Chile, who are like an underdog. But he 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 wasn't successful at Inter. And and he's not very successful at Bichitech. He's never been good at Bichitech when he played in midfield. He's only been effective when he played centre-back. And the same thing was true when he was playing at Inter. And the reason for that is because that type of player does not suit how a big team plays.
1: I still say that the best match I've seen of him was when he played left-back in a pinch. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> which is super weird. No,
0: here, but yeah. <laughs> he he can, he, yeah, he's a great versatility player in, 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 at the back, I think. I don't and know. I, think, I,
2: th- I thought, yeah, yeah. I, d- I did think they had a very good season in 17-18. I thought, obviously the star he wasn't playing, you know, the usual bullshit from Sheryl mm-hmm. Ganesh. Uh, yeah, but he was playing mainly
0: as a, a center back then.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought he had a game. And we had a sort of scrappy like veneer
0: you know that was there and that's the exact sort of more exact same criticism he got from inter at inter that he's 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 useless in midfield he's good at this as a center back but he's too small and it's the exact same thing we we came to see of him at bishik like he's i'm not saying gary medal is not a good player clearly he is i mean guys won two copa americas he's a chile's captain obviously he's a great player but he's just not a great Central defensive midfielder for yeah. a, uh, a a top side. I, I'm I'm sure that if yeah.
1: and to be clear, to be clear, I to clarify for you, you're not saying Bechutage and Inter are like at the same level, but you mean Bechutage relative to the to their, are, lead are to both their clubs
0: that are are, are, at, at are the top aspiring to countries. win, the, yeah. Uh, uh, to, yeah, aspiring yeah, to win know, the title. Yeah, I know when was
2: when's the last time they actually pushed for a title? So, in in our respective countries, you could argue Bastian is. Uh, and more of our top club than our internal just now obviously not historically speaking but just now Bishop pushing for.
0: That's, that's not what okay. that's not the point i'm making anyway uh
1: yeah anyway yeah we're getting tr- thrown off of course but yeah i mean i think we can pretty much like that's it for the match i think we've covered the main talking points as we cover the match itself because they were pretty much the the collision the mm. uh tactical you know the lineup question marks and then of course just these sort of singular moments that that led to our ultimate collapse mm-hmm. but they, I think you can expect because of what we said because of the, the errors tactically or formation wise because of the uh, the injuries and the sort of general you know that midfield like you said that's that for me is really going forward what what needs focus uh, we really need to, to, to carefully consider the role the midfield been playing in our demise but how long have we been saying that for
0: over a year i know no, but this...
1: and that's what i'm saying we can go through 25 central defenders you know we could go through the entire south <laughs> we American, have 83 uh, this is, you know the this Copa is episode 83
0: we probably said it up. in like 50 episodes that we needed uh, or an altibal replacement that's exactly. not new like,
1: and we're gonna put pressure on that back line that's going to overwhelm yeah, them eventually can, as long as we don't have any pressure coming on to guys yeah. coming forward. I mean, if you look on to. paper
0: right now, the, 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 the back line we'd have with Rebocho, Ruiz, Vida, and, uh, and Douglas should be, I think, that's the best defensive four in the league. Um, Definitely. Uh, probably yeah. by a mile. I don't know Absolutely. if you guys... He...
1: Especially considering that Douglas and Gokan are are a pair... On that right side like we might even have the best like you know six deep right you can go back yeah. six guys on our defense those four more solid than those four guys front together
0: forward. with Karius that's the best defense in the league but I guarantee you if we don't get a proper six we're gonna concede more goals than 50% of the league probably we will probably concede 40 yeah. 40 goals or some bullshit and yeah. and then everyone so before, and then everyone's gonna say, "Oh, these defenders are fucking shit." Oh, oh, oh while they're not the yeah, issue.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. And so before we move on to the to the news portion of this episode, my only question is, where is Atiba? Is he still injured?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cartel told me something about it off of air earlier. I think he asked uh, Toya about it, and uh, she she doesn't know he's coming back either. So. We don't know man, what, what's up with Atiba, but the thing I think we, we, we shouldn't be relying on Atiba. That's that's the whole that's yeah. a whole problem he's uh, How old is Atiba? 36? T- 37? He's 36, 36
2: oh, just man. now. He's uh-huh. 37 in, uh, I believe, January. Is his birthday or February? Atiba should be a squad
0: dead player at this point. Yeah. We shouldn't be relying on yeah. him being there. He should be someone who helps us out in a pinch not someone who puts us in a pinch when he's out.
1: This is also almost another 83 episode theme, you know, where we've been talking about the need to be gracefully replacing Atiba and uh, sliding him out, you know? <laughs> so, hey man,
0: Atiba can still play for us for three years. I don't give a, I, I really don't, I, I wouldn't mind exactly uh you can still stay with the club for three more years and 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 be that player that helps us out in a pinch because he's also a very first stop player plus he's a model professional yes yeah, plus, yeah. And, and he's and he's a leader uh, of the pitch he's a he's a good example for your keeps players himself in shape. everything everything you want out of a, uh, an older gentleman um exactly.
1: he's the kind of guy you want joining your coaching staff when he retired yeah
0: yeah exactly uh but he cannot be someone we build on for we the rely future. on yeah come on we yeah. need a replacement and oh. then today for example i'm hearing that club brugge are going after fucking victor wanyama
1: who you wanted like,
0: and i'm like what the fuck? why aren't we going after fucking victor wanyama the guy's 27 years old he's perfect to replace atiba it fits the profile perfectly yeah. well so let's if, talk
1: about this a little speaking of 27 so th- i mean We now have, I think we can say, a definitive prototype for what kind of a guy Ali Naibi is looking for. Uh, He wants a guy who's in that like 24 to 27 year range. He's trying to develop a core of players around that frame. So this obviously suggests that you're absolutely right as far as Victor Wanyama goes. doesn't really match the profile of a Mehmet Uzjan, although.
0: Mehmet yeah. Uzjan's fine too, man. I don't give a flying fuck. Just get someone. Yeah. I am no, I'm yeah. swearing along this episode, but I'm. We this said is a early rated, on. rated R episode today. Yeah. Put it Disclaimer on it. Uh, the PG, it as all. Well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh, well, so. Let's talk about some real news here. While we're, while we're on this theme of a core of young guys, so we, we, we have some news that looks fairly definitive insofar in, in as we now even have airport sightings and the like. You know, obviously physicals need to be passed, which in this case is actually fairly important to mention.
0: Uh, and by, the, by the time you hear it, that will all be behind us already. Very likely, yeah, in the morning.
1: Very likely you're going to see, as this episode uh, becomes available, Alongside it, news that we have made a signing, and you're going to see pictures of him in a shirt signing documents. Uh, although I, I've made a after after uh, Vitor Hugo, Hugo, <laughs> I promised I would not say this until I saw the the, the signing and the jersey wearing and all that. Uh, I think we can pretty much chuck this one up because I mean the airport is fairly definitive. The guy should be yeah. training for Tottenham, otherwise, but he's not. He's come and he did the little eagle, uh, what do they call that in Turkish, you know, where you put your hands up? And, yeah.
2: It's
1: it's,
2: so, you know. That's what, that, that's what that means for anyone that doesn't know.
1: And so, yeah, the eagle claw. But so, I don't know how much more definitive you can get besides the the actual document signing. Uh, but so, yeah, we've made a move. Uh, Kevin, George. Nkudu. No, George, Kevin. Oh. George. George,
0: George Kevin. Oh George, George Kevin
1: <laughs> in Kudu. Uh He's joining us from Tottenham. He's been out on loan a number of times. He's been out on loan at Monaco. He's been out on loan at uh, Burnley. Burnley. Uh, he's been all over the place. He's not played a lot. But let me hand the mic over to these guys. Um, I'm going to start with Cartel because I think I know where God's going. Cartel. What do you what do you gather about all of this? You know, I, I, where has your mind gone as far as this transfer goes from when the news broke until now?
2: Well, in all honesty, it's 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 it's, 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 it's often, I'm not too sure about the move. I, I, I'm not I'm not in the same mindset as can Can't spray by uh, doing going about it. But the way, the what I'm thinking is, of course, he's he's been at Tottenham for three years now, and he's. He's averaged about hundred minutes a season, which is, it's you know, <laughs> shocking. I mean, it's really, it's very, it's very bad. That's just, that's just over a full game a year. But sometimes, you know, Tottenham's a, it's a great side. You know, I mean, they've got a lot of great players. You know, I mean, he's, he's competing with the likes of Hummingson, uh, Eddie Son, Eric Lamella, um,
1: Lucas I mean,
2: Moura as well, of course. To, he's fine with those guys to get a place in that team. So if he's not playing there, it's not really a disaster, you know, so to speak. But What I'm thinking is, obviously, he had a good season in 15-16 with Marseille. And I'm I'm thinking, Tottenham wouldn't sign that guy and it has got no potential. So, clearly, this this kid does have potential to do well. But it's just in the last three years, he's not shown that potential. He had a loan spell at Burnley. He didn't really play either, which is... It's really, I mean, it's, it's a great cause for concern to be honest. If he's not even playing at Burnley.
1: Well, and so our guy Sally came in saying that apparently Burnley plays a very defensive brand of football and kind of it up and chase after it. Maybe I could say it's sort of traditional uh, English style. Yes. Uh, which he didn't fit in. Yeah. He's more of a guy who wants to be on the ball. Uh, from from yeah. a lot of the descriptions I've heard, he sounds very kind of Tyler Boyd like. Uh, very kind of pacey and maybe not the best first touch, but, you know, again, young enough to improve, obviously. I think
0: Tyler Boyd has a very good first touch, actually. I just think he had an unlucky match. Uh, well, yeah, he was custom other... Yeah,
1: you're right, you're right. I I just mean based on the, what people are saying reputationally. No,
0: but, I mean, he had a couple of bad touches in the first half, I think, and one in particular that kind of cost us a good chance. But uh, in general, I think he actually has a really good first touch and ball control. So And he also
1: had a... Sublime cross that dropped down to—I can't remember—someone who muffed it, totally wasted it. Uh, maybe Guven, but I don't want to blame him.
0: Wasn't that wasn't that a Quaresma cross that he muffed?
1: <laughs> that happened as well. That happened as well. No, but Tyler Boyd had one cross that really stood mm. out to me early on. Anyway, uh, mm. we're done with that match. Let's put that one behind us. Uh, yeah. So, Unkudu Khan, it's your turn. To say what you think.
0: <laughs> well, if you get this guy on a free, you're not gonna hear me complaining. But when you're paying five fucking million fucking euros! Exclamation point! Exclamation mark, I should say. If you're playing that type of money which makes him effectively our 10th most expensive player in history, then I expect that you sign someone with a little bit of a proven track record. I'm not saying you have to sign a 30-year-old player. Uh, You can sign a 24 or 25-year-old player who has actually averaged more than 100 minutes in the last three seasons. That's perfectly possible. Mm -hmm. I know that with 5 million you don't really buy all that much anymore these days. Although, we did buy Adam Leitch for 6.5 million, so I'm pretty sure that if you look well enough, you can find a quality player in his mid-20s for 5 million. I'm not saying Nukudu is not a quality player, that's not what I'm saying. I don't know Nukudu, I've never seen Nukudu play. Probably because he never plays. (laughs) How could you? Yeah. (laughs) So I mean, I'm not necessarily against us getting him. I just am very much against the financials of this deal. I think five million euros is a lot of money for a club like us. We do not spend five million euros off lightly. Yeah. Like I said. Like I said, this is the 10th time in our history that we have spent a fee of 5 million or more. That is not a lot in a club of over 110 years old. So, I think spending 5 million euros... First and foremost, we've already spent 12-13 million this window, we haven't sold shit. (laughs) obviously we're not under financial fair play anymore that does not mean we have to throw it out the fucking windows because we'll be under financial fair play again Soon before enough. you know it
1: well and it does definitely so, worth it's absolutely worth mentioning that both Quaresma and Jeremy Lenz are still on the books uh, behind mm-hmm. now Tyler Boyd and George Kevin yeah,
0: but, GK well, well let's let's wait Let's let's wait. Uh, no, but anyway, I mean, I think it's just very worrying. I mean, he he went out on loan to Burnley, barely played, and uh, Cartel I think asked some Burnley fans, and they said they weren't too impressed with him that he just wasn't good enough. Now I don't know, you know like what Sally says might be true, uh, but then he went out on loan to Monaco, got injured, got a hamstring injury, took him out for two and a half months, so he barely played there. So again, now. If Monaco, this was last season, by the way, if Monaco loans him to me, that kind of does tell me that, look, he must have some ability, because yeah, yeah. otherwise Monaco is not going to loan him. Um, but it's just also so boring. I, the thing I have to take the biggest exception to is that, look, this guy is clearly someone Tottenham want to get rid of. You know, he's been on their books for three years, hasn't done jack yeah, shit. Clearly, him that's a player. Time and again. Yeah, clearly. Clearly, that's a player. They want to cut their losses, and they want to get rid of him. So they, in theory, should be very happy if a club comes and looks and says, look, I don't just want to loan this guy. I'll outright I'll buy him from you so you don't have to pay him anymore. You can get rid of him, all that stuff. They paid, I believe, 11 million euros for him three, four years ago. That is not a big fee for an English club. That is not something they'll be like, oh, we want to recuperate our losses. So we're paying... How how the fuck are we playing, paying 5 million euros for this guy right now? Look, he can, he can make his debut on Friday and score a fucking hat-trick and I'll still be saying the same thing. Why are we paying 5 million euros for this guy? We should be able to get him for two or three... Because cl- this is clearly a player Tottenham won't want rid of, and then you're paying five million and supposedly 50% on his next sale. So, what's the point of buying a 24 year old player with supposed sell on value when 50% of his next sale is going to go to Tottenham, too?
1: And hopefully, it'll be 50% of the profit on the next sale, right? We gonna
0: yeah, usually that's 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 kind of the standard. Of, of those types of formulas so say we sell them for six million then tottenham would get an additional 500k so it's not like they would get three million but still i mean that i the point the point of investing in, in younger players is the, that, that you can have sell-on value right that's that's basically the only the only reason to invest in a younger player right to have value down the especially road
1: especially such a mystery oh, the- like this one right
0: yeah, otherwise, otherwise you can just as well spend it on a 29-year-old player. No, you
1: know you're getting X, Y, Z out of...
0: Yeah, With exactly. Yeah, so for me, I get this transfer in the sense of you want to get a player that's good today and good tomorrow and good the day after tomorrow. And you don't just want a player that's good today and maybe good tomorrow. I get that. But... If you're spending this type of money... Should be maybe an El Yunusi, Then it has to be an established player. Look, yeah, for example, El Yunusi. I don't know how much Southampton or Sunderland or wherever the fuck he plays. I don't know how much they paid for it. I think like 16 million or something. But he was a total flop. Absolute total flop at his club. So I'm sure they want rid of him. I think if you pay 5 million euros and 50% on next sale for him, that is totally acceptable. Because that's a guy who has proven himself... Properly proven himself at Basel for two seasons, he was a big man there, scored lots of goals, gave lots of assists. He was a very important player there. He basically played in the same role as as Mohamed Salah did at FC Basel all those years ago. So uh, if you would put that deal uh, on the table for that guy, I would get it. I don't get it here because basically what Nkudu has had, he has had one season at Nantes and he has had one season at Marseille. Both were decent seasons. Neither of them were absolute breakout seasons. He had 28 uh, league uh, appearances for uh marseille in 2015-16 he scored five goals gave three assists that is not mind-blowing he also made seven appearances in the europa league and he got four goals and two assists there that's very good obviously you know include involved in six goals and seven matches in the europa league obviously that's good but that is not a star making season that is not what El Yunusi had at FC Basel, FC, Yunusi was the big man there. He was the head honcho. Konoplyanka was the big man at Dnipro. Konoplyanka still is the big man when he plays for Ukraine. Those are players that are established and have proven track records. Nukudu does not have a proven track record. You don't know what you're getting in terms of end product with him. He might be very talented. He might perfectly fit the profile that Abdullah Avci is looking for, but he is not a Obviously, no player is a guarantee. Obviously, Konoplyanka would not be a guarantee either, given the fact that he's kind of bombed at both Sevilla and Schalke. But he's had decent first seasons at both Sevilla and Schalke. So I think the main issue with Konoplyanka is if you make him important and you make him feel important like they do at the Ukraine, I think he can be a good player for a club like us. And I've spoken to some people, uh, who be- uh, Ukrainian people, who believe that could have been a good fit for him. Now, okay, fine, it not happening. I'm not I'm not upset about that. You know, he's turning 30 years old relatively soon, I think. So, I'm not upset by that or anything. It's not that I had my heart set on Konoplianka or my heart set on Eliodousi. I just wanted a marquee signing on that left wing because I do believe it's one of our most important signings. Now, look, if we now go and we get for example Victor Wanyama, and we get a decent striker, we get like a decent backup striker. Yeah, I mean, look, if, if that ends up happening, we get one Yama and a Bubba card, and obviously you're like, oh, okay, you know what, but then I still don't really understand how we are able to allocate five million of our very limited transfer budget on a question mark player. And let's,
1: let's, let's see, let's get these figures in definitively, right? Uh, I mean, it's looking very likely that that's the case but obviously if that is the case that'll have to be reported to cap right i think you said if it's over 4 yeah, million? yeah that, that
0: that yeah probably i'm not 100% sure but uh, that the 5 million fee will almost like almost certainly be reported so we'll know, we'll um, know soon enough <laughs> yeah we should, we we will know yeah um but you know yeah it's just I don't get it like we how long did we haggle over the price for Tyler Boyd and with Tyler Boyd we knew what we were getting and how long did we yeah, haggle yeah, It took ages it took ages to get him for 2.4 million. We haggled for an eternity and now we're just throwing five we obviously you don't know how long these negotiations maybe maybe uh, Ali Naibi was talking to Tottenham for a month already. you don't know that obviously. but how the fuck are we just throwing 5 million at this guy right now while we still need, a six we need a six there is no way around that we have I, I mean to add at least for the
1: next few weeks. and
0: ideally and ideally we should we would get a, a striker but i think a striker is less uh urgent than than and a six uh less urgent well obviously i think if you want to win the league you're you have to get the striker but i can understand that the striker is not the the main priority, but a six is so yeah, important. Yeah, especially
1: given the price of what the strikers yeah. tend to go for.
0: I mean, it doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be a traditional six. It can just be a different type of, of midfielder, just somebody who fits into Abdullah Avci's system, somebody who can...
1: Vidal? Uh, Vidal? Uh, well, so, th- the news... Yeah,
0: I mean, if we can spend five million on this game, maybe we can spend four Why million not? on Abdullah Vidal. Uh, so <laughs> the big... The, the,
1: there is actually some news, which is that, supposedly, Abdullah Avci has streamlined, he said six I need a six right so that that's been reported today we'll see how that's acted upon and hopefully it is um beyond that yeah I mean obviously we're we're stay tuned for the George Kevin in in Kudu uh episode as always Khan hopefully you can drum up some uh some good stuff there uh before I forget guys go back and watch the pedro rebocho episode rebocho uh who you know is definitely going to be starting in this coming week uh this coming match that's been supposedly reported as well who knows but uh i i think all of us want to see a at this point uh but so i mean what else is there to talk about before we sign out for this week
2: yeah. It the the whole Cuarez incident today. where well, there was. A- so yeah, tell us about <laughs> that. Kurt, tell us uh, about that.
1: You you've been quiet again.
2: Tell us about what happened with Cuarez. Yeah, so, so what happened was there uh, was a uh exclusive news posted by Sergeant Dikme, who's a reporter from uh, Bears TV. Which, to be fair to the guy, he's had some some good news this summer, but in general, he's he's not he's not the most uh, reliable of sources. But he, he posted that. I, and I, I tweet today saying that uh, Quaresma will be leaving Beshkdash and that they both have taken a decision to uh, kind of cut ties and Quaresma has accepted this but then literally 15 minutes later uh, Quaresma posts it posts an, an Instagram post uh, screenshotting the tweet saying that this is complete lies uh, He stayed at Beshkdash at least until his contract runs out and that he's going to fight for the championship this year and he ended up with uh, saying uh, his best clash ever, so it seems like uh, we've got a year to uh, watch Chicago quite as well at least.
1: Yeah, which is interesting.
0: Mm, on the bench. Yeah, one. and
1: so I mean now go, that we have away. invested as Khan has expressed his concern about uh, a fairly large sum into Nkudu, and of course we've also brought in Tyler Boyd, who's probably been uh, our best performer. So far, uh, I've, I mean, not maybe including the, the first match of the season. Um, de- definitely, I think we have to view those two as the two starters, at least long term, which puts Quaresma, mm-hmm. Jeremy Lenz, Orkan Chinar. Yeah. Um, you know, there's some guys on the fringes now. And I, you know, I really struggle to uh, of all of those guys, I mean, Jermaine Lenz has already been fairly sporting about taking a role on our bench uh, even though it probably hasn't been deserved until now. So I don't really worry about his attitude about being benched, but Quaresma on the other hand, uh, you know, that's that's another story. Uh,
0: mm, what do mm, you think mm, about that, guys?
1: Like, that, that could be a final talking point. Uh, is that going to be a problem for him?
2: The weird thing about Quaresma is, is he's fine sitting on the bench for Portugal. Because, I mean, up until maybe the last few months or so, but the last couple of years, Quaresma has always been that, that imp- impact sub for yeah. Portugal. Or if they need to go, put Quaresma on. But it's weird when it comes to the it seems like he feels if he, if he like he's entitled to a spot and that starting lineup. And he, kind of, his face is kind of uh, tripping him a little bit if he's not a star, or not, if he gets taken off. Even too if early, he doesn't
1: get to take a free you know, kick, right? Like but, he's...
2: Yeah, if it throws as if I mean I think I think we all we can all remember that that clip from last year. I believe it was a that CUS sport game at home where we lost two we lost two one in CUS at home. It was a it was a horrible game, but uh then the I went to take a free kick in that and actually kicked the ball away from him he was gonna take it. So as if you're not taking that, I'm taking it. And then
0: Medell and uh, Atiba intervened, I think, or just Medell or something. Yeah, I think you're right?
1: We right about it. it was the, both of them kind of stepped in, were like, Hey, hey, hey Come on. And it Madel was, uh, was
0: like, no motherfucker, you ain't you ain't taking yeah. this.
1: <laughs> Madel is that's one <laughs> aspect he's quite good in.
0: Um That's the thing I you know, I don't I, I I think Madel's awesome, but he just shit as a six. You know, that's what I'm saying. He's just a great like utility utility belt,
1: you know? He's the kind of guy that you can yeah. be able like as a bench player, he's fantastic. He's just a little expensive for a club like ours.
0: He's like a he's yeah. like a he's like a competent ninja.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Um. I I'd never questioned Medel's passion. I mean, I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was the, the camera quickly uh, panned to Dorokan and Medel sitting on the bench. after they scored the third, and Medel was devastated. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't think anyone can question uh, Medel's commitment and his uh, passion for Besiktas. You know I mean? I think, I don't think that's the issue. I just. I think Nash really is it. He's he's not suited to play in that, that, in that number role for us just now. Well, and
1: it's important yeah. to note that he has been a sort of bench or bench-adjacent type of player for most of his time with us. So that shows a degree of, like, sportingness, you know, that you really want. Like what we were just saying about Quaresma, how he might not gracefully adapt to that role as being a bench guy. Medell has always been fairly solid in that regard. So... Uh,
0: Medal is a team. Pl- Medal is a team player at the end of the yeah. day. Yeah. I don't know. I I think maybe Quaresma this season. I I could see him accept that role as a bench player because I think he knows that he's at the uh, the end of his swan song, so to speak, at Bishikesh at least. Yeah, I think he knows that. I think he realizes every, that. I think, every yeah. summer,
1: every every window, in fact, the the rumors start to mount. I mean, maybe. Yeah,
0: but I don't. I I, I just wonder if he starts if, I wonder if he feels that he's slowing down because I, I mean ev- ev- everyone's clearly still in denial about it so maybe he is too Man. um but i don't know if, uh, you know i mean initially the first at first i thought I nah, is just you know just in a rut but then he had a really good training camp in terms of of, of you know the reports that came out at least and he's still in that rut. So to me, it's just I've just come to the conclusion that this isn't just a temporary thing. This is just him yes. slowing down. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, you know, people say, well, maybe a super sub. I think he was very effective as a super sub at Porto, at very effective as a super sub at Portugal when they needed a goal, they put him in. I question if he can still do that. But at the same time, look, I think if if, if in the 70th minutes when the opposition's fullbacks Legs start getting tired a little bit. And maybe he's coming in
1: fresh, right? There you
0: go. Maybe if he comes in fresh, maybe he can still do something. I don't know. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, Cuadrismo, at times he just needs that one cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe he can still uh, put in a job as as that. But I I have my doubts about that even right now, just because he just struggled struggled so much to just get past this man. Yeah, and I I I hope. Other people are starting to see this because everyone wasn't seeing this a couple of weeks ago when I mentioned it. But I hope you guys have seen it, right? Like he yeah, can't, it. He can't get it. the fuck past anyone anymore. Yeah. It's it's very sad as well. I mean Yeah, it is.
2: When Esma, when he first came in 2010, he, oh yeah. He's, he's one of my he's one of my favorite players of all time and and especially in that first round of his it, it was taking
0: it past players for fun, you know. I mean, it was yeah.
2: it, it yeah. was it was far too easy for him it
0: is man i mean i I, look it's not because i'm i'm criticizing him now i i love the guy man like i'm not one of those people who's hating on quaresma all the time and like calling him can uh, like a cancer and shit fuck that i love quaresma he's a club legend he's done a lot for this club he's also he's also an idiot sometimes he's very hot tempered and he you know he can be a very negative impact on the club but at the end of the day I think he's done great things for the club he's one of the best players that I've seen play I don't uh, know
2: what you guys think but I think in our title in 2016 to 2017 I think Koua was the most important player on that
0: title for me 1617, him and Talyshka Probably,
1: yeah, yeah, second half probably. Yeah, Talishka, yeah, Talishka, but yeah. Quare- Quaresma,
0: Talishka, and, and Abu Bakar was also pretty important, but Quaresma and Talishka for I, sure. De- yeah.
1: I mean, by the second half yeah. of the season, for me, it's sort of Talishka stands out, but as a whole season, mm. definitely. I, Quaresma was
0: a in, in in 15 16, obviously Mario Gomez, but I think in 15 16, yeah. we much more wanted as a team. But I think in 1617 17, we, we won the title more on individual quality, and, and for a large yeah. part, that was Kurezma's uh, and, and Tadishka's uh, individual yeah. qualities.
2: The Ortakawa goal that everyone's getting Hey. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I, I actually I watched a video recently of all of Tadishka's goal and the amount of headers he scored is ridiculous. How old yeah. yeah. anyway, is that? Anyway, we're going to a 26 year old when he
1: first arrived. You know, you bright eyed. Uh, Took the team on his back, yeah. his goals in, against uh, that Israeli team the Europa League, and that huge what goal against yeah. Fenair that was like been dissected uh, in slow mo. I mean, there, there's you know, he has some moments that one should not forget, yeah, uh, unless they just want to be grumpy all the time, I guess. But anyway, yeah, take
2: I the Quaresma, it. Was, Quaresma was the first, the first time that Bishop showed the ability to sign a big name For like sure. that I don't know, to, to, for me, anyway, we, we, we hadn't signed up well that big uh, before then. And the, the fact that he was still in his prime is some um, abundance as well. You like know, he's, he's, he's this role.
1: summer actually highlights the Quaresma effect maybe more than most insofar as we've got both Tyler Boyd and Pedro Robocha who have both dif- <laughs> like clearly indicated that Quaresma was a huge part of, of their interest in joining the club. And so these are huge pieces that we're building with going forward for for years to come that...
0: yeah, but I also think that will still remain after Quaresma is for gone sure. because I mean Rebocho also referenced Pe- Pepe. I think the fact that both Quaresma and Pepe have played at Besiktas, I think that is always going to be, especially especially in 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 the the, ne- the relatively near future. I think for Portuguese players yeah. approached by the club, that's always going to be a reference point for them. It's always C- going C- to be
1: Almeida. You know, we've got some
0: great C- C- Almeida, Fernandes, yeah, Man- yeah, yeah. Manu, Manu. I- yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and let's not uh, forget uh, Julio Alves uh, Of
1: course, the, uh, the star <laughs> Yeah,
0: congratulations. Yeah, Bruno's younger brother um, Bebe. Anyway Bebe. One more thing uh, main Lenz Might not be here for much longer PSV. Uh, PSV PSV Eindhoven are looking For an experienced winger To add to their squad And Lens is on their list uh, That was reported by probably the most reliable source you could get in holland uh, the nos which is uh, basically like trt in in turkey uh but more with the credibility of the bbc oh, wow. in england so yeah. i mean i'm not that doesn't they didn't say it's it, that it's happening but he's on their list so yeah maybe if I, um i'm oh, sorry maybe I, if, uh, if 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 they're willing to pay his wages, I don't know because, for example, a PSV signed uh, Kostas Mitrolo from Galtzrai today. Uh, obviously Mitrolo is on loan at right but Galtzrai were obligated to take him the second season too, So, and he is on... Uh, I don't know, three point two million euros a year or something and oh, uh, still paying the bulk it, of it. <laughs> yeah, and, and Galtri is still playing on paying almost two million of that three point two million wage. So oh, I man. don't know exactly what PSV would be willing to pay German Lens. So it might just be a potential loan move where they'd be paying a fraction of his wage. Um I don't know exactly. I think if the possi- if there's a possibility for us to get Lens off of our books permanently, I think we should just let him go for free. Everyone knows I, I like Lens, but uh, at the end of the day, uh clearly his his transfer didn't work out. I think we've wasted two of his prime Another years. Chanel method. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean we we wasted two of the guy's prime years now, so he's 31 now, so it's kind of a waste to invest Time in him at this point when you do have a four-year-old yeah. Tyler Boyd and you have a 24-year-old, included. yeah, we're clearly so much ra- for
1: this next phase now. You know? it's, yeah. it's time to move on. So I'd well, much rather, it rather it have wages.
0: let's uh, go on a free now and, and let PSV take his full wage on, yeah, uh, which I doubt they'd be willing to do almost. Okay. But
2: if, if it's going to be a loan deal and they they're only going to take on a portion of his wage, I think he may as well stay a Basic dash But
0: it depends. I okay. mean, look, if they say, look, we're going to pay one and a half million of his 2.3 million wage, so that leaves us with 800k to pay. I think that one and a half million, that might be worth letting him go for if if, if we can then, for example, get uh, Konoplyanka. And then we have Konoplianka, Nkudu, and Tyler Boyd. And then we have three good wingers we can rotate, plus Whoa. Vorkan, plus, plus potentially Quarejma. I think that could work. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: we'll see, man. But, yeah.
0: That's just me. Yeah, that was. That was I was gonna say, what
1: time is it over there? It must yeah. be getting late. <laughs> You're having a good but, dream.
0: Uh, one more, one more rumor. Uh, Steve Munier from uh, what's it, uh, Huddersfield, Huddersfield Town? Yeah, yeah. We've been linked. Yeah. We've been linked with him. Um, but the latest on that is that uh, they want 10 Oof. million or something Oof. for him, and we're only willing to go as, ho- as high as six million. So then again, I ask, where what the f are that? we getting this yeah. money? Imagine. Yeah. if we- Imagine if we buy him, or no, I think we're still gonna get a a, a central defender and and, and, and a striker. uh, That's, and if we get both, if we get both of those, that's at least gonna be another six million, you think, right? I mean, let's say we buy a defensive midfielder for three or four or five, and then we pay a loan fee for a striker or whatever, you're probably still out four, five, six million. So, on top of what we already spent, plus the 5 million of Nukudo, plus that will probably be like 22 million in the fucking red this window i don't i i i can't fucking i don't i don't get Hard it
1: to
0: I, I really don't i know we're not on a financial fair play anymore but i think we're going to be on the financial fair play again next year yeah, if we keep doing right. this this is not this is not normal there's something weird there's yeah. something you, weird there, there. You, yeah and yeah and you could say okay maybe they're maybe they're 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 banking on going to the Champions League next season, but the transfers we're making right now, they're good transfers, but those aren't necessarily short term success transfers like we see Galt's try make. Because look, Tyler Boyd's twenty four, Nakuto's twenty four. These are clearly not necessarily players that are expected to make a huge impact I straight away. Yeah. They're yeah. I mean yeah, I don't know. Lots of um, question marks. I'd say but, more questions
1: yes. raised than answered, perhaps so far this this window. But uh there's still a little bit of time left. Which of course, uh listeners stay tuned. Uh obviously the season carries on, but this is it. This is like the uh we still have at least two big moves incoming that and they have to happen in the next week. Maybe. Yeah. I
0: don't know.
2: Uh, can to just say something about the whole uh, money situation is. Uh, I feel like six million for him is is just not worth it at all. We're talking mm-hmm. about a guy that scored two goals last season in the league, and it, I feel like it's if going to pay six million for a striker It's going to be it has to be a striker that's going to score at least twenty goals in the league. You know what I mean? Mm. For me, it
0: needs I mean, to be a top top of we, bar, we, right? I mean, we paid six for Denver.
2: Yeah, we're we we're, 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 we're a club that paid a thousand euros for Mario Gomez. To, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> <laughs> we paid well, a thousand euros to who scored us 26 goals. So I I, I really don't see why we'd pay six million for a guy that's maybe only going to score seven and eight goals. I, th-
0: I, I think that's a I think if he starts every match that's a that's a 15 goal a season striker at least. Just uh, going by his by his track record before last season. Because he scored nine goals in the in the Premier League for Huddersfield the season before. And yeah. know, we all know Huddersfield, they kind of like a little farmer's team. And then he scored 14 for for uh, uh, Montpellier, I think, in the league uh, the year before at like age 21. So I think that's a guy who could, with a, in the right environment, score a decent amount of goals. I'm not saying 20 plus, but I think that's a 50. I think that's a Hugo Almeida level goal-producing striker, which Hugo Almeida for us i always liked hugo almeida i think if hugo almeida didn't get injured in uh the 13 14 season he would have scored 20 plus goals because he was on 13 and he was he was on he was on fucking fire
2: the thing about almeida is he always i don't know if you guys know this, but he always started every year fantastically yeah, but then he'd yeah, yeah. get injured and yeah, <laughs> and
0: yeah. yeah. That. like he was an underrated goal scorer in my opinion yeah. Like, he had this reputation of, of, at Portugal, like, missing, like, huge sitters and, you know, like, from one yard out, putting it over the bar and shit like that. But for us, I always thought that he was a really good goal scorer up until that point where he would get, like, an unfortunate injury and then his fucking form would be completely fucked. But, uh, no, I always liked Hugo. I mean, he even scored in derbies. I mean, he loved scoring against Fenerbahce, I think he scored like one or two goals against Galatry. So he's a good—he was a good striker in his prime. It's just, yeah, always getting injured, you know.
1: Yeah, and I mean, maybe if we'd gotten him a couple of years earlier, we could have mitigated that a little better. But
0: yeah, but I think when injury-prone players are only always going to be, yeah, it's just—it's in just, their uh... DNA. That's the way it is, you know, and that's one of the good things I really like about, for for example, Pedro Rebocho who really had this reputation of not suffering injuries. So, knock on wood. Because yeah, probably I jinxed him now. Uh-oh. Yeah, um, knock on
1: wood, everyone at home.
0: <laughs> well, and, so take us out, kind. You and, guys
1: must be on the brink of passing out. I mean,
2: guys,
0: half past in the UK. Again, let's check.
2: So, it's half past two here in the yeah, UK. Yeah. what is that three
0: four in the morning
1: okay well listeners of the Black Eagles podcast uh, these guys are probably pooped but so anyway before they can leave I have to announce Bashik Tosh is going to be hosting our home season opener is going to be against Gustepe 1.30pm here New York City time so that's uh, 6.30 for you Cartel, i believe 7 you know 8:30 for yukon 9:30 in turkey wow no that doesn't sound right i must have i must be off by an hour whatever check your local
0: time why don't history. you just mention the local time it's 8:30 local I don't have, so for me at 7:30 me... and for Cartel that's 6:30 30 yeah, okay. i don't see the local so, yeah. time
1: you know i'm,
0: I'm uh, google's uh... use the BN sports app you monkey no
1: it's, the BN sports app does uh, that's another thing it's like Bein Sports
2: app. Actually, makes the, it it arranges it to your own local time. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, it's half past six. It starts here in the UK. And for me, the no, the, the Turkish one is geo They I
1: can only do like the general Bein. It's like Bein Connect.
2: So. Oh, okay. Anyway, it's, it's probably it's probably to do with that beef that Trump and Erdogan have.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're Who knows? So take us out, Khan. imagine. Tell tell everyone what what. can the Sports Turkey is. app. What did what are we looking go- out for, Khan? On the horizon. Take us
0: out. <laughs> uh oh yeah, I, I'll be uh, I, I'm still trying to find you know it's ugh, I had someone for the Victor Ruiz episode, but with the la with La Liga starting up, he just got super busy and I asked a bunch of other people and they were also super busy because of La Liga starting up, so it's been very difficult to find someone. To interview on Victor Ruiz, so I'm still gonna owe you that. Um, but I am uh, trying to. I uh, spoke to uh, former uh, my for- my producer, my former producer at the uh, EA Sports, who uh, is a Nantes fan. So I will try and get to speak to him about uh, our good friend George Kevin. Nkoudou, uh, because obviously he started his uh, senior career at Nantes, and then uh, I'm also trying to get uh, in touch with uh, Olympic Marseille uh, okay. specialist to talk about his one season at Marseille. Uh, so I'll hopefully be able to uh, get a thirty or so minute episode on Nkoudou together, and hopefully uh, a thirty or so episode on Victor Ruiz. But I think by the time I get that Ruiz episode, we'll know everything we need to know He's already, already a because fan I think favorite, he really. He already showcased his ability pretty well uh, against Stevas. I was dreading that he was going to make some mistake, man. I was really dreading that he would get off on a bad start and he would immediately, you know, like Alexis Delgado, get completely scapegoated, uh, yeah, you know. That bad, uh, I mean, imagine he's it absolutely
2: was, flawless. was absolutely yeah, flawless, I thought.
0: Yeah, yeah. He, was, he, was, he was brilliant. It's, it's funny when you lose 3-0 to have a player in defense that was so yeah, good. Everyone's... Uh, yeah,
2: Not just with his,
0: yeah, but not just his defending. Not just he was very good in the air, and I kind of expected that he was that was going to be his major flaw in the air. But he was good in the air on the ball, Uh, fantastic. Great great interceptions and and yeah, amazing build up. Uh, In the beginning, I had the impression like the first half, I like the first, I don't know. But once we go, went down, I had the impression that he was less timid on the ball and started taking more risks. And that's when we started seeing those those really nice long balls and, and then uh, nice plays. Because in, in the beginning, I had the feeling he was very, meh, he didn't really want to take too many risks, you know, when it was nil-nil. Um, I get that on your debut but uh, once he kind of got into the game uh, yeah it was definitely uh, a positive start for him so hopefully he can continue that on yeah, Friday so
1: stay tuned just in case in, in case you find someone yeah. but anyway uh, follow us on Twitter yeah
0: but. follow us on Twitter at Bishiktesh underscore int uh, follow Sinan at sir underscore on rights underscore a lot follow me at Razarian R-A-Z-Z-E-R-I-A-N and follow Kartal at just Art Kartal L I think right two two Ls. Yeah, yeah.
2: Just, uh, yeah Obviously the L for Cartel, then another L,
0: yeah. Liam, uh, Liam. Liam.
2: That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's Liam. Liam. That's, that's, my, that's my Scottish name.
1: <laughs> Cartel I'm gonna find. You and I'm gonna kill you. Or
0: how does he say it? I <laughs> see. I was thinking. Uh, what's the British
1: band with Liam? Yeah, Liam. O- Oasis.
2: i
0: Oasis. Oasis. Oh, baby, yeah, yeah, Kim yeah. likes those. I said Ugh.
1: They're kind of a classic I'm
2: Some good to songs. Don't look back in anger. You know what I mean? That's, that's I don't...
1: great karaoke band. I'll tell you if you ever do like car- if you get a karaoke room. Yeah. That's where you want to be listening to Oasis for sure. Anyway, I have to say one thing, of course. Go beshka.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Indeed. Uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to <laughs> let you guys uh, but uh, yeah, everyone can it, One match, one.